Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I am your host, Kendra Green, and I am so delighted that you are here with me today. You are listening to Season 2, Episode Number 24. Hey friends, I hope you are doing well. I want to first of all thank you for being here, but also I want you to thank yourself. I want you to give yourself a pat on the back because the first step in changing is being aware, right? Like knowing that a change needs to take place. And then you have to realize that the pain of staying where you are is greater than the pain of change. Okay, that's the second step. But then also, you have to be learning and you have to be inspired to change. You're not going to know what to do if you're not learning. So I believe that you are here today because you want to learn something. And because of that, I want to hold up my part of the bargain to teach you something, to encourage you, and to help you become a truer and freer version of ourselves. We will not be um, good contributors to society, to the people around us. Um, We are not going to know how to fulfill the call that is on our lives if we are not true to who we are meant to be and if we are not freed up from all the crap that holds us back. I mean, like, stuff can get really crappy, right? (laughs) Anyways, so glad you're here. I am super excited about today's topic. Um, I think think it's so um, important to me because it's something I've struggled with in my own life. And that is desires, hidden desires. So my topic for today is desires gone bad. Before we begin, from where I'm sitting right now, I can see across the city of, where am I at? (laughs) Kansas City. I'm sitting in the hotel room in the bed looking out the window of Kansas City of these historic buildings, and it's super cool. Um, I walked around the hotel lobby this morning and was just so obsessed. I'm swooning over the 1930s decor and um, all of the dark paneling and the velvet couches and the statues, all the things. I am just like in Enneagram 4 nostalgic love over here. Um, So just kind of helping you see where my scene is at the moment. It's a pretty day outside. And I have been pouring myself over this podcast content because I really feel like it's going to help you. It's helped me in my life, so I want to help you. All right. Last week's podcast, if you remember, was about lists. And while I did give you some tips on a better way of creating a to-do list, what I really hope it helped you to do was help you manage your energy. And that's going to take time. It's going to take practice. It's You know that anything you learn from me is never really like a one-night change. It's going to be consistency and practice and tweaking. Um, but I also hope it helped you create some more white space in your day. We need white space where there's nothing pulling for our attention or our energy, but we get to choose what we do with that time and space. And hopefully we do that to be able to Um, put some energy back into ourselves. You know, we can make all the to-do lists and we can track all the habits until we are blue in the face, but until we address some of our core issues, those to-do lists and habit trackers will be for nothing. We will end up right back where we started, which is stuck. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know this, but I just completed a real series 
R-E-E-L, not, not R-E-A-L, but a real series about what each type looks like in stress. And while I definitely made light of it and, you know, made it something funny because I believe comedy and making people laugh um, breaks down their wall so they can learn and admit some things about themselves that would normally be hard to do. Um, I totally believe that continued stress is largely caused by our inability to address our core issues. We will never get away from stress. Hear me out. We will never be, be able to get away from stress. Um, I know we spend so much of our lives trying to reduce stressful situations, but we're always going to have stress in our lives. We just have to learn how to manage it. We will have stressful moments, right? But we don't always have to feel stressed. Stress doesn't always have to affect us in such a strong way. Living in these feelings of stress and feeling like you don't have what it takes to overcome What's right in front of you very much is like being stuck in quicksand. If you've been there before, you know what I'm talking about. That, for me, is what has caused um, anxiety attacks. It has made me feel depressed. It has made me feel like there is no one out there that can help me. It can be a dark place. Um, and so you have to recognize, you know, is this just a stressful moment? Or are you living in stress? It's at this point where clients tend to seek me out at the I'm stuck point. It's that point where our coping mechanisms are no longer serving us well. We all have weaknesses, okay? You are not alone. We all have vulnerabilities. We all have needs. In terms of the Enneagram, I'm going to refer to them as desires. We all have desires. Disclaimer. Desires are not bad. We, or at least in the Christian world that I grew up in, have been taught that desires can be evil, that we can squelch our desires and that we pray our desires away, that we give in, if we get them into our desires, then that's sinning. However, we have to learn how to address our desires because unmet desires, no matter how much we bury them, no matter how much we push them away, if we don't meet them, if we don't handle them, they're going to turn on us. Unmet desires will be our downfall because we will go in a roundabout way of meeting them because either we're ashamed of them, we are prideful, or because we feel like it's wrong. I would tell you, based on what I've learned about people in my 14 years of ministry, just in life in general, um, my years of being a mom, being married, is that when we make the right connections, the right connections, real, authentic connections, that's when we feel safe to express our needs, to express our weaknesses, express our vulnerabilities. But here's the kicker, and you probably know this, 80% of people don't have the right connections. Oh, we have connections, all right. We have bad connections. We have poor connections. Maybe we are distant from our connections, but 80% of people don't have real connections. You can say all the positive affirmations you want. You can put all of the programs in place and habits in place, but if you don't have real connections, those hidden desires will always be lurking around. 
we get stuck in a loop of not meeting our needs. If you notice, think back to a time of your life, or maybe it's right now, where you feel like you are just cycling around. We don't meet our needs, so then our fears are realized. And because we rely on our coping mechanisms, we go right back into denying our needs, so then our needs aren't met, and then our fears are realized, and then we use our coping mechanisms, and it doesn't work anymore. This is usually largely a response to our childhood and the impressions that we received about the times that we did express our needs. And it was usually in the wrong way because we are still learning as children, right? You can probably think back to a time when you were a kid and, and maybe you were angry, so you were expressing your anger because someone took a toy and, and so you got, you know, your hand slapped for throwing a fit. But really, nobody ever taught you um, or taught the, that other child how to properly share. And so you realized the wrong thing about that whole situation. And maybe that's a bad example, but at some point we learned how to get a favor, favorable response, usually through tri- trial and error. We learned that this doesn't work, so let me do this instead. And now they're going to pay attention to me. Now I'm going to get my needs met. Um, or maybe we had to go outside of our family to get our needs met. I don't know. Um, there's a whole lesson on childhood wounds, and maybe I will get to that one day. But childhood wounds are things that we perceived as kids. They were wounds that we got as we were kids, whether they actually happened or not. Um, Anyways, okay, so now as adults, here we are. And unless we have undergone some rewiring, we have some muscle memory in place that causes us to react in a way that's no longer favorable because we're not kids anymore. We can't act childish. We all know of adults that when they get angry, they act childish. We know of times ourselves. I mean, you guys, I can, I can speak of times in the past week where I got mad about something and I reacted in a childish way. Have you slammed a cabinet recently? <laughs> Have you slammed a door recently? Have you said something ugly just because it felt good in the moment? Okay, don't leave me hanging here. I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. Let me tell you this, true fulfillment of our desires will include other people, always. If you take nothing else from this podcast today, I want you to remember that statement, and I'll say it again. True fulfillment of our desires will include other people every time. So many times we want to change those desires that we have. We think that if we work hard enough if we keep producing, if we increase our output, that they'll go away and that will change. We keep adding things on top. And instead of making things better, it exasperates the problems. Let me offer you another perspective today. Stop hiding your desires. It's when we hide our desires that they go rogue. What if they could lead you to your source of true fulfillment and a way of serving others from a place of strength. Your desires could lead you to your true source of fulfillment and a way of serving others from a place of strength. Today, I want to encourage you. To receive encouragement really means to receive courage. When I'm encouraging you, that means for me to put courage in you. So I want to give you permission today to name your desire. 
And because most of the listeners here are moms, and if you're not a mom, hi, glad you're here. Let me address the moms for just a minute. It takes so much fuel for you to do what you do. Your fuel, your gas tank is going to be spent very quickly. You have a lot of output with usually very little input. I want you to be aware of that balance. So stop right now, wherever you are, and assess your gas tank. Where is your fuel level? Level. If you're like me <laughs> and my actual vehicle, you guys, I know my husband doesn't listen to my podcast, okay? Um, and I'm okay with that because it's called the Enneagram, Mom, and he's like, he hears enough of the Enneagram from me. Um, but also, this is typically a place for moms and women, so that's all right. He doesn't have to listen to it. He hears enough of it anyways. However, <laughs> he would hate to hear this. I can't tell you the number of times I've driven around with my gas tank literally on zero. You know how it counts down how many miles you have till empty? Mine's been on zero recently. Like, I was living off of fumes, praying, literally praying, God, just get me to the gas station. How many times do you do that in your regular life? Like, you have given out so much that you didn't realize how much you had left. And all of a sudden, you find yourself at zero. You are driving around on fumes. Moms that have regular times and intervals of input are going to be most fulfilled in their role as a mom. You cannot look to your kids as a source of input. And sometimes, honestly, you can't even look to your spouse as a source of input because most likely they're right there with you, exhausted and depleted of fuel. So where do you need to receive input? I'm going to tell you one thing you need. You need connection. You need real connection. Not, not bad connection, not poor connection, not disconnected. You need real connection moms. Whether that means going to a mom group, whether that means cultivating a friendship with another mom. What is it that you need? Because you've got to fill up your gas tank. You're going to end up upset and resentful and bitter about your role as a mom if you don't. Okay, so let's move on. What are our desires? What are they? A lot of us don't know. So what I want to do is draw a mental map for you. Maybe you're listening and you really don't know your Enneagram type. Maybe you think you know, or maybe you're between a couple types. Um, So what I'm going to do, instead of listing out the Enneagram types and the desires associated with that, I'm going to list out the core desire um, that you would find in the Enneagram. Then I'll explain how one would respond mentally and emotionally once that need isn't met. So I'm going to tell you the desire, I'm going to tell you the mental response and the emotional response. So if you don't know exactly what your desire is, at least you probably have an idea of how you respond or how you feel. And if you don't even know those, go ask somebody close to you and say, hey, how do I come across? And um, <laughs> hopefully in a nice way, they will tell you. And that way, if you, can, if you can pinpoint the emotion and the thinking that goes on in your world, you can trace it back to the desire. Here we go. So if your desire is to be good and that need isn't met, 
you will end up with a mental response of resentment and an emotional response of anger. Okay? If your desire is to feel love, like you want to you feel, I mean, you probably give so much love, but you want to also receive that love, but that's not, you don't get that. If that desire goes unmet, the mental response is going to be flattery. And your emotional response is going to be pride. All right? If your desire is to feel valuable and you don't get that, your mental response is going to be vanity. So it's almost looking within yourself to get that need met. And then your emotional response is deceit. You're going to deceive yourself into believing that this is the way I need to feel valuable. If your desire is to be yourself, your mental response can be melancholy. Your emotional response is going to be envy, believing that someone outside of you, there's someone outside of you has what it takes to achieve those things, but you don't, and you want those things. If your desire is to be capable and that need is not met, then your mental response is stinginess. Kind of holding everything, pulling everything in, keeping your things to yourself, just in case. And then that emotional response is going to be insatiability. Like almost like trying to, like almost feeling like there's nothing that's going to fill that. And so you got to keep, keep looking around. Okay, if your desire is to have support, the mental response when that need is not met, is cowardice. And the emotional response is fear. All right, if your desire is to be satisfied, but that's not met, that goes without being filled, the mental response is to plan, is planning. So you're planning on how you're going to be satisfied, and the emotional response is excess. So it's like you keep, keep accumulating and you keep trying to find ways to be satisfied. The next one is to protect. You have the desire to protect. And if you are not given that desire, if that desire goes unmet, the mental response is vengeance. And the emotional response is intensity. And then the last one is that you desire to have peace of mind. And if that's not met, if there is unavoidable conflict or conflict that keeps going without your control, the mental response is avoidance. And the emotional response is reluctance. So I hope you see the pattern here. When the desire is unmet, you're going, again, in a roundabout way, to meet that. It's like your mind tries to trick you and then your emotions are like, all right, well, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that met myself. And then you are right back in that cycle of being stuck. So after hearing this, I want you to ask yourself two questions. One, how does this sit with me? I mean, maybe you need to hit the back button so you can go back a little bit and listen to them over again. But how does it sit with you? 
How does your stomach feel? How does your heart feel? And how does your head feel whenever you hear those words? Do you find yourself blaming others for this? Is your tendency to deny or are you on the other side and you're thinking it's all your fault? Okay, that's my first question. Maybe take some time to sit down and write this out. And then number two, who can you tell? Name one person you can go talk to this week about what you're going through. It's about time that you have some vulnerable conversations. And it's a risk you need to take. Maybe you've been avoiding it because you think, well, I'm just going to get hurt like I've been hurt before. Well, then don't go back to that same person. Find somebody else to talk to. Admit your desires and how those unmet desires are making you think and act. You don't need to create a plan to get out of this. You may just need more support. That's all. We make this so much more complicated than it needs to be. You just need support. I thought it was so interesting this week. I was working on a plan for something that I want to do. Um, I'm not going to tell you yet because it's a surprise, but I'm basically planning on a master class. I'm not going to tell you what it's about yet. I'm planning on doing a master class and wanted some guidance from someone who is a few steps ahead of me. So we call, I called her and um, she ended up needing my advice about something that she's going through with one of her kids. And she said, I literally was just thinking, man, I have nobody to talk to about this. And I'm tearing up right now, of course. <laughs> She said, I feel like I have nobody to talk to about this. And then here you are needing, needing to talk to me about something and you're going through the same thing because it was true. I was, um, I'm really, you know, kind of going through the same thing with one of my children that she's going through with one of hers. And while she's two steps ahead of me in something else, I'm two steps ahead of her in that situation. So I was able to offer her guidance and really made her feel more at peace about her situation And you know what that does? It puts fuel back into your tank. When we left that conversation, we talked for probably about two hours and I am not a phone talker, guys. So (laughs) that's like a miracle for me. However, when I got off the phone, I felt so much more encouraged about what I was working on, um, felt more energized about it. And she felt the same way. She felt so much better about where she was in her parenting journey with her child, um, And so we helped each other. You need, and and it may not be one person. You may need different people for different arenas of your life, but you've got to find someone that you can have vulnerable conversations with because it's going to put fuel back in your tank. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, maybe, maybe I do need someone, but I don't know where to start. I don't have anyone to talk to, but I need to get unstuck. If that's you, I want to tell you that that's what I'm here for as an Enneagram coach. Through Enneagram Coaching, I can help you. I'm not going to be your your best friend who's just going to, you know, pat you on the back and be a yes man. I'm going to challenge your thinking. I'm going to provide pathways to help you rewire your brain. And then hopefully that will give you some fuel for tomorrow. Maybe then you'll have the courage to get back out there to find authentic connection. Next week, I want to come back and talk about specific pathways forward for each type. So I hope you will join me. And you know what? I want to leave you with this quote. 
And it's one of my favorite quotes from Bob Goff. He says, sometimes when we're looking for an answer, God sends us a friend. So beautiful. Thanks again so much for joining me today. I want to encourage you to go share this with a mom friend or maybe just a friend in general who is really lacking some fuel. I believe that this is going to help some people who have gone for so long without meeting their own desires. And so thank you so much for doing that. But before we leave this space here today, I would like to read a psalm to you that is going to serve as our prayer today. And it's Psalm 101, and it's David's poetic praise. And I really feel like this is probably the echo of so many of your hearts as it is mine. Here it is. Lord, I will sing about your faithful love for me. My song of praise will have your justice as its theme. I'm trying my best to walk in the way of integrity, especially in my own home, but I need your help. I'm wondering, Lord, when will you appear? I refuse to gaze on that which is vulgar. I despise works of evil evil people and anything that moves my heart away from you. I will not let evil hold me in its grip. Every perverse and crooked way I have put away from my heart, for I will have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. I will silence those who secretly want to slander my friends, and I will not tolerate the proud and arrogant. My innermost circle will only be those whom I know are pure and godly. They will be those who, they will be the only ones I allow to minister to me. There's no room in my home for hypocrites, for I can't stand chronic liars who flatter and deceive. At each and every sunrise, I will awake to do what is right and put to silence those who love wickedness, freeing God's people from their evil grip. I will do all of this because of my great love for you. Amen.